This is Phil Bussey. It's the Nonprofit Hour on X-Ray FM. I am so happy to be joined in the studio today with Jules Bailey, who is a candidate for Mayor of Portland. Welcome. Thank you so much, Phil. It's a pleasure to be with you. I have to apologize in advance. I'm fighting a bit of a cold, so hopefully that helps my radio voice. But if I cough here and there, you'll know why. I was like, Bill Clinton's uh, first campaign in 92, I he would always lose his voice after, after he'd been on like on these these long bender campaign benders and it was i found that so inspiring i i'm not sure it's inspiring when you're on the other side of it but uh, it certainly happens and you know you just power through because you got to have a conversation with a lot of people and we're, we're going to talk specifically about nonprofits and some of the issues that nonprofits <laughs> work on uh here in portland but let's just start out with how's how's the campaign going it's going well, and in fact, uh, very proud of some recent endorsements that have come down from Oregon League of Course and Conservation Voters, the Sierra Club, Portland Association of Teachers, and others. And uh, I think it really speaks to the grassroots nature of this campaign. I've limited my campaign contributions, capped it at no more than 250 per person. I'm the only major candidate to do that. This is a campaign about having a mayor who's going to work for everybody, and I would love to be that mayor. And you're having fun? I am having fun. You. You've 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 run campaigns before and successfully. Yeah. Uh, how is running for mayor different? The com- there's a lot more conversations, a lot more people. Uh, it's a it, a lot more spotlight uh, on running for mayor. It's actually it's a it's a big difference and making sure that you're able to talk to all the different community organizations, all the different voters. It's a big challenge. Just yesterday, uh, I was out at uh, David Douglas High School. Uh, and that's not an area I've represented in Portland before, but it's an area that's critical to our future, making sure that we're having conversations with everybody in Portland. Yeah, and, and as county commissioner, and, and this will start to steer us towards some more nonprofit issues, the county really, it's not a clean line, but but mm-hmm. has a lot more of the social services. That's right, yeah. It handles. Um, explain to our listeners then why you want to leave uh, the county and work for, uh, be the mayor of Portland. I've enjoyed my work at the county and, in fact, hadn't looked to go anywhere else. And I enjoy very much working with uh, Chair Deborah Kafori, and I'm very much aligned with a lot of her ideas and values. Uh, But as I looked at the race for mayor, especially after it became essentially a de facto one-person race, I didn't see another candidate in the race that was going to be committed to the job for the long run and who is going to really be laser-focused on solving our biggest issues. And we have to have city-county partnership to be able to do that. And I think my experience at the county, my relationships, there will help me do that. Whether we're talking about housing affordability, whether we're talking about homelessness, the city does handle a lot of the more infrastructure side of the equation, but you can't forget about that part when you're also addressing the social service side of the equation. And and I just want to go back, and you said you want to address this, the city's biggest issues. Uh, you said homelessness, you said affordable housing. Are those the big issues? I mean, can you give me a top five list? Absolutely. So affordability is a huge one. This is a town that's unaffordable for too many working families. My wife and I have seen it firsthand when we got our rears handed to us in the housing market, but we're fortunate. We have two good incomes for a lot of working families. They just can't make ends meet, especially when you put childcare on top of that. Uh, Homelessness, I think any walk down the street will tell you that uh, things aren't right, and tent camping is a symptom of a larger disease. We don't have enough shelter that's connected to mental health and addiction services, that's connected into permanent and supportive housing that we absolutely need. 
uh, we have a city that's also uh, has a transportation uh, challenge. Uh, we have underinvested. We're falling behind when it comes to a lot of different areas of alternative transportation. We're not the leader on uh, bike and pedestrian transportation anymore. We're not the leader on public transportation. And that's something that we've always prided ourselves on. And also on our education system. And I talk about education and the pushback I always get is, well, you know, of course, the mayor doesn't have anything to do with the schools. And while that's technically true, it's been a cop-out for way too long. And you've got to have a mayor who's willing to take a leadership stand, get people in a room, and talk about how we have the support and the funding for a world-class education system. Jules, that, that, you, you just threw a lot of topics out there, so we're yep. going to go back. and, and yes for five, so <laughs> I think it was tr- four, technically. We're going to tread over some of those a little bit more. Um and, and and if you can talk about some of the nonprofits that you've worked with yeah. again this is the nonprofit hour yeah um, let, let's start with transportation I mean I think that that is a bold if on becoming statement to say that Portland's not the leader in, in bike transportation I think that 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 would uh, make some people take notice if not uh, concern or offense yeah uh, where are you finding your ideas for how to get Portland back? at the lead of the pack? Well, it's a great question. And let me start by saying just at a, at a general statement, nonprofits are the backbone of how we actually get good work done in Portland, in Multnomah County, in the region. Government can't do it alone. The mayor can't do it alone. We do it in partnership with nonprofit providers that are able to help us solve a lot of different issues. And but for an amazing community of people that are willing to step up and hold hands and do this together, we wouldn't be able to solve these challenges. And that's one reason why I've called this campaign Together for Portland, because I believe in what we're able to do together. Specifically on transportation, we do have a lot of organizations that are working very hard. Uh, We have... uh, obviously the Bicycle Transportation Alliance, but also uh, we have Opal, uh, we have Oregon Walks, we have other organizations that have been out there at the forefront of walking, biking, public transit. Uh, But what we need is sustained, serious investment, an investment that's equitable. So it's not just about folks in inner Southeast Portland, where I grew up, uh, who can get to work in any way that they want, but folks who live in East County or or in other places. Yeah, absolutely. And I I want to go on that question too of thinking about where you're getting your ideas do you you're out on the campaign trail and obviously uh the the purpose is to to get votes and to get into office um but it's it's also it's an elongated job interview sure and part of that has to be the research that you have to do right in terms of that have you had a chance to uh, on that side of the equation to bring in information from nonprofits um, and and how would you see that translating into your role as a mayor and creating an open door policy for nonprofits or uh, using them as part of your brain trust absolutely so in fact just recently I had a chance to have some of the organizations that I just mentioned in my office, we had a roundtable discussion. Uh, representatives from each of them were there talking to me about the issues that are in the community. And so I've already started that process of reaching out, gathering information from them. It's not just a one-way street of the mayor says, here's what we need to do. The mayor needs to be a facilitator and a listener. But it's also about reaching out uh, to research, to academics, and to policy people that are already engaged in this. Uh, I've already been meeting with the city of Portland's bicycle transportation folks uh, to understand what's happening now. 
there's a lot of temptation and a lot of pressure on candidates to come in and have some whiz-bang new idea or shiny object because that's what captures attention. But the reality is you have to have good policy that's grounded in what's already happening and a clear plan for how you're going to continue it or do better. And, you know, and, and that idea of the roundtable you just hosted is seems like a good lead into your first song recommendation. You want to uh, tell us what that is? Well, I've always been a fan of the Beatles, and call me old-fashioned, but uh, I get by with a little help from my friends because we can't do it without our friends. Let's take a listen. What would you think if I sang out a tune? Would you stand up and walk out on me? That was, of course, The Beatles. Uh, this is the Nonprofit Hour. I'm Phil Bussey, and I am talking with Jules Bailey, who is a candidate for mayor of Portland. And before the break, we were talking about uh, transportation and where are you getting some of your ideas. Um, let's talk more about affordability. Yeah. That seems to really be a primary conversation point uh, for people in the city and in the mayor's campaign. I especially think where it falls in into line for the nonprofits, uh, nonprofits don't always, their staff don't always get paid as much. No. And you start to get into this Rubik's Cube of if you don't solve one problem, you can't solve the other. So you have nonprofits that are doing great work, like you pointed out, mm-hmm. but if the city's not affordable, <laughs> you start to lose that nonprofit work staff. Right. Yeah. Not not only do people who work for nonprofits uh, get paid less because uh, nobody's doing it for the money, let's be clear, uh, but they also, they, we can't have a system where people who work for nonprofits have to commute in from battleground. That doesn't that doesn't work for anybody. Uh, we need people who are located in the community who understand the needs of the community, and that means we have to have a community that's affordable uh, for everybody. And so uh, one of the ways we can do that is by bringing back uh, the kinds of neighborhood scale infill and density that's always made Portland great, but that we've moved away from. So duplexes, triplexes, garden home apartments, take a random walk through inner southeast Portland or the uh, the alphabet district and you'll see a lot of those units but they were built a long time ago these aren't big monstrosities these are uh, ways to get workforce housing back into the community but we've banned them in r5 zoning and neighborhood zoning we need to bring that back it's a very simple uh, solution but on top of that we also need to have a i've called for a two-track process where if you want to build cadillac housing that's only avail- available to 
real estate speculators or people that are moving here with a lot of cash, fine, we'll have your normal waiting period for permits. We'll have your normal fees that go on top of that. You want to build smaller, more affordable neighborhood scale infill that's affordable to working families, We'll get you to the front of the line on permitting. We'll make sure that you're, we're waiving key fees and we're putting a, a finger on the scale to make sure we get that kind of investment. And nonprofits are a big part of that strategy. Proud Ground is doing great work on uh, home ownership models and community land trust models for lower income people. Oregon Opportunity Network is an amazing consortium of people that are front and center on the affordability crisis. We have experts in the community that we need to work with. I want to uh, change, and, and you've, you've mentioned a few nonprofits throughout uh, the, the discussion so far. Are there any nonprofits that you contribute to currently that you're really proud that you contribute to? Absolutely. So uh, in addition to uh, one-time gifts to a lot of different nonprofits, I'm a sustaining monthly donor. Uh, my wife and I don't have a lot of spare income, so it's not a lot of money. Uh, but we are sustaining monthly donors to Street Roots. Uh, and to Fame Academy, which is an organization that uh, works with people with developmental disabilities and helps them express themselves in art. And I would think that one of the things of, of uh, being a candidate for mayor and potentially being mayor is, is there's a, for lack of a better word, there's going to be a target on your back in terms of people are going to want you to be a contributor or part of their nonprofit or, or to be excited about it. At a certain point, do you not have the capacity to pay attention to everyone? Well, I think part of being mayor is making sure that you're getting out and listening to all the different voices, whether or not I can personally contribute to folks. We pay 1500 bucks a month for childcare for our six-month-old, and we have a mortgage that uh, is a little north of where we want it to be. So can't help everybody out, but uh, can certainly give to certain organizations. And as mayor, I can absolutely pledge that I'll be a mayor that will work very closely with all the different nonprofits in Portland. One of the one of the topics you haven't talked about, but you've done work at as a county commissioner, uh, LGBTQ, yeah, uh, and and working really for providing information, yeah. Um, can you talk about again some of the nonprofits, the work that you see that they're doing, and and how you feel like uh, the county or the city can can provide even more support? Well, I've been a real advocate, particularly on uh, LGBTQ and trans justice issues. I think. We are in danger of having checked a box and saying, well, we have marriage equality in Oregon, so somehow the work is done. Forty percent of kids who are on the streets identify as LGBTQ. They're still discriminated against at an incredibly high rate. And so one of the things that I did in the legislature was pass a bill called the Healthy Teen Relationship Act. We're now implementing it through Multnomah County, my office is leading on it. And what it does is it works with nonprofit providers to bring education into the schools to talk about what a healthy relationship is in every context, in gay, lesbian, uh, transgender, bisexual relationships, and also for gender identity for trans kids. We're working very closely with Raphael House of Portland uh, on implementing it. They've come up with a great curriculum. We're working with SMERC, uh, the organization that works with transgender youth. We're working with Basic Rights Oregon. Uh, we're working with the Q Center. Uh, we're working with Transactive, and I'm a really big fan of the work that Transactive is doing. They're an unsung hero uh, in our community. These are some of our most vulnerable kids, and we have to keep focused on them. Um, Jules, that would seem like maybe good setup for the next song. Well, I uh, am an old Bob Marley fan as well. Uh, I got it from my dad. And this is Redemption Song. And I believe that as we confront the challenges that we have, 
we have to emancipate ourselves from mental slavery, and there is a, uh, there's an opportunity here to have really tough conversations. Well said. Merchant ships Minutes after they took I From the bottomless pit But my hand was made strong By the end of the Almighty We forward in this generation Triumphantly won't you help to sing these songs of freedom? Cause all I ever have redemption songs, redemption songs. Emancipate yourselves from mental slavery. None but ourselves can free our minds. Have no fear for atomic energy Cause none of them can stop the time How long shall they kill our prophets While we stand aside and look Some say it's just a part of it We've got to fulfill the book Won't you help to sing these songs of freedom Cause all I ever have Redemption songs Redemption songs Redemption songs That was, of course, Bob Marley. This is the Nonprofit Hour. I'm talking today with Jules Bailey, a candidate for mayor of Portland. Let's talk a little bit about just the campaign in general. I think there's so much attention being paid to the presidential campaign yeah. and and the tone. I mean, just the, 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 the uh, riotous tone that has been set, especially on the Republican side. Uh, I attended a couple weeks ago the <coughs> debate, the discussion, at Revolution Hall, where yeah. eight of the leading candidates were there, and it was truly remarkable. It was people were respectful, ideas that presented were very good. Everybody was composed. Seven out of eight people were composed. <laughs> um, and I'm even sorry, the... I wasn't composed. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, how is it from the inside looking out? I mean, is it, it, it has to feel like you are at odds potentially with with that what you're seeing on the national level. Well, I do think we have an opportunity in Portland to really provide a counterpoint. And when you see the just the dysfunction at the national level, especially on the Republican side, the fear, the 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 hatred that's coming out, the discrimination that's bringing out the worst in people. 
Portland's been a city that's always brought out the best in people, and I think that we can show that in this mayor's race. The fact is you have a lot of good candidates uh, that are running. I believe I'm the best candidate for the job, and I'm going to make that case. But I consider every other person who's running a friend. I think they have good ideas, and I think that we can show that we can have civil discourse, and when we disagree, do so in a way that's about what the future of Portland is, not about personalities. You know, but but to take the counterpoint, that doesn't make good for good reality TV. <laughs> is, Touché. It, is, is that a problem that uh, the audience is being primed to expect fireworks and when the, what they get instead is intellectual policy discussion that, that you find it a harder sell? Or is that selling um, Portland voters short by thinking that way? I do think Portland voters are a different breed and are interested in the policy discussions. I can't count how many times I've laid out a proposal and the immediate question is, yes, but how are you going to do that? And then we get to get, get, to get into the wonky details of it. And in fact, we're, we have over 100 house parties scheduled for this campaign. We're having 30, 40 people showing up in living rooms on weekday nights, on school nights to talk about the future of the city. In general, I do worry that sometimes our political discourse is being eroded and that uh, people are being fed these soundbite messages. People are being, uh, as you say, primed for reality TV, uh, for conflict. And, and the media, as we've seen a decentralization of media and media that's more focused on clicks than content, uh, is also driving towards this sort of he said, she said. Uh, but I'm very hopeful that we can set a different tone in the Portland mayor's race and show that that also also can be successful, even if, admittedly, not as exciting. Um, part of competition, however, obviously there's winners and losers. Uh, I want to go back to some of your recent endorsements, and you have won some some really notable endorsements. Um, can we talk about the Sierra Club? Yeah. Uh, why Why do you feel like you received that endorsement? Um, and you know, please use that as a springboard to talk about some environmental issues and environmental nonprofits in the in the region. Absolutely. And one of the things we've always had is a leadership uh, on sustainability and the environment in Portland. But that's another area where I feel like we've been resting on our laurels uh, a little bit and we're falling behind. We used to have the most green buildings in the nation, LEED certified buildings in the nation. We're not even close uh, anymore. I think I was able to secure the endorsements of Oregon League of Conservation Voters and the Sierra Club uh, because of my track record of success in working on environmental issues and bringing people together. When I was a freshman in the Oregon State Legislature, I passed a climate change bill unanimously with Republican support. I can't remember the last time a climate change bill passed unanimously, and it helped uh, create Clean Energy Works Oregon with Mayor Sam Adams and what he was doing here in Portland. And that helps people upgrade their homes for energy efficiency and uh, renewable energy. And that's the kind of thing that we can do that lowers our carbon footprint, creates jobs, and helps pe keep people in their homes. But I think there's a lot more uh, that we need to do. There's been a lot of concern recently over the air toxic emissions that have happened in Bullseye Glass in southeast Portland, but in other places in Portland as well. And I think people are very rightly concerned about what's going into the air that we breathe. So I've called for a regional air quality authority so we can make those decisions locally. And as we do that, we've seen an incredible nonprofit, Neighbors for Clean Air, that has taken the lead on this and has had incredible success at shining a light on the air toxic problems that we have. 
Jules, I, I want to thank you for coming in and talking with us, and, and thank you for uh, all the good work that you've done, and congratulations on, on running a good campaign so far. Um, one last question and then one last song suggestion. You, you've been into the mayor's office before, and there's there's the, the wall of all the, the previous mayors, and, yeah. and especially fun to look at the, in the 19th centuries. There's, uh, uh, there's facial hair that would put even the most ambitious hipster to shame. Ha! I'm trying to bring that back just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> do you do you have do you have a favorite mayor that that you want to talk about? Favorite Portland mayor? Well, I think we've been had some good mayors uh, in the past, and uh, I think you know, going back to facial hair, Bud Clark was uh, a, a guy who uh, owned a bar, was very Portland. He was on his bike, exposed himself to art uh, famously, uh, and really sort of had that Portland ethos. I think Mayor Katz really fundamentally understood how City Hall works, and her experience in the legislature, similar to my experience, I think really set her up uh, for being mayor. And then obviously the partnership with Mayor Adams that we had on creating Clean Energy Works Oregon. But fundamentally what we need is more than a one-term mayor, and we need someone who's committed to the job for the long run, and that's why I've pledged not to run for any other office for at least eight years if I'm elected, because we need leadership when we're at a turning point. Jules Bailey, candidate for mayor, and this is the Nonprofit Hour. Let's have one song to take you out. Well, fundamentally, I'm an optimist. I think Portland is a wonderful place, and so let's have a little bit of an upbeat song with What a Wonderful World. Great choice. I'm